Yeah, it will. So, I mean, it starts with the three R's. Like, I kind of subscribe to that. Rigor, relevance, and relationships. So, you know, it has to be appropriately challenging for every student in the class. The learning has to be relevant, which is one of the reasons why I've appreciated what we've been learning over the last four years with you, because I really feel like this is where we are as, a, as not just educationally, but as a society. Um, and then relationships. I mean, you'll hear that from probably every teacher. Like, you just have to have those foundational relationships with these kids, um, yeah, especially in middle school when they got to trust you. They got to they believe, but they also got to know that you're going to toe the line and you have high expectations of them. Right. So. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools with episode number 82 here titled JB and the three R's of teaching. Got a great conversation for you uh, today. Just a quick reminder again that I am now booking PD days for next school year along with keynotes for next August. So please do reach out if you feel like I'd be a good fit for your school or district. You can use the contact form either at sospodcast.org where you can get all of our episodes or on my personal website, jeffudick.com. And we'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. This week, I have a great conversation with J.B. Blair from Enumclaw as I continue to have exit conversations with educators who I spent a full year with in a blended learning professional development model. You can learn more about my work over the past four years with the Enumclaw School District in the link in the show notes provided. But for now, enjoy this great conversation with J.B., a middle school English teacher who brings relevance to his classroom to connect with his students. Have a great week. And with that, on with the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm here with JB, uh, as we know him, uh, from Enumclaw, <laughs> another exit conversation with the cadre of teachers I got to spend a year with in learning. Uh, actually, JB, we, we started together in the first connected teacher cohort, what was yeah. that, four years ago? I think, yeah, four years ago. Four yep. years ago. And so you were one Pretty of the crazy. first teachers, and you can tell the story, but you were one of the first teachers that when they decided to go one-to-one, got a dedicated cart of Chromebooks in your classroom. Yeah. Yep, yep. Got a dedicated cart of Chromebooks, and I got my own Chromebook, and, and you know, I was a little apprehensive in the beginning, but, but you know, it's all been worth it in the end, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, talk a little bit about your journey into education. How did, you, how did you become a teacher? Why did you become a teacher? Where does this start for you? Yeah. So, so my name is J.B. Blair. I'm currently an eighth grade English teacher at Enum Club Middle School, and, and it all started, man, this is a, so back in, in college, I went to Bio University in Southern California. Uh, while down there, you know, I, I knew I didn't want to go into the family business. Um, and so I ended up, you know, knowing that I liked working with kids. Um, and so I was a volunteer for this organization called Young Life. Um, and I was also, you know, taking teaching classes. And, and I kind of ended up deciding I was going to make, this is going to sound funny, but I, I'm going to make less money doing Young Life than I would doing teaching. So I ended up, you know, kind of choosing that path. I know it sounds like a crazy thing, but once I, once I got into it, um, I, I started in La Mirada, California. Um, and I was a, an eighth grade English teacher there. And, um, it w- wasn't, it was kind of a rougher part, um, of California and, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, cool. and a series of things started to go my way. You know, I started getting invited to, you know, 
be a part of different professional developments. And, and I worked with the University of Washington all the way down in Southern California. Wow. Um, and it really helped grow me as a teacher. And I had some amazing consultants, kind of like yourself, who, who really like right place, right time. Um, and they really gave me the tools that I needed to, to just kind of, you know, feel successful in the classroom. So, and then, yeah, then I actually, I taught for six years there. Then I ended up, um, what I ended up doing, oh, yeah, I ended up uh, becoming a, a literacy coach or an instructional coach. So I was out of the classroom for four years, teaching other teachers and demoing lessons in other classes. And, and then, yeah, and then I, I moved back to Washington with my family and, and landed a job in Enumclaw. And, and that's kind of where I've been ever since. Awesome. So. I didn't realize you were an instructional like, coach for a while. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and actually, so this is when Enumclaw, I landed back in Enumclaw, I had other options, opportunities to go teach in Renton, Maple Valley, different places, and I wanted to be home. So there's nothing like, I think, teaching in the community where you grew up in, um, and teaching, you know, students who you went to school with their parents, and there's yeah. just kind of a connection in this place, which I absolutely love, like, yeah. it's, it's fun. And you feel those connections everywhere in Enumclaw. I, I, I <laughs> man, it is such a special place. What you guys yeah. are doing down there as a school community, as just a community overall, it's just a, it's an incredible little, uh, little place. I love it down there. I mean, the view. It's kind of wacky though, honestly. Yeah, well, it is wacky. It's, but it's, uh, you know, what does, uh, your superintendent, Mike Nelson, he calls it, um, what's he call it? This, uh, it's, a east side city on the west side right like it's this small rule yeah, yeah. uh yeah know, very farm-based which you don't see in especially in king county everybody thinks of seattle and the big yeah. metropolitan and here you've got this yep. beautiful little community yep. at the base of mount rainier it's just gorgeous yeah yeah that's cool. yep. awesome we'll talk a little bit about your your just teaching strategies your philosophy uh you know mm. being a middle school teacher uh, you know, those kids are, are, yeah. are very much in, in a, in a different mindset. <laughs> so maybe just kind of talk a little bit about what's you, what's, what's kind of your philosophy of teaching when it comes to English middle school? Yeah. You will. So, I mean, it starts with the three R's. Like I kind of subscribe to that rigor, relevance and relationships. So, you know, it has to be appropriately challenging for every student in the class. The learning has to be relevant, which is one of the reasons why I've appreciated what we've been learning over the last four years with you, because I really feel like this is where we are as, a, as not just educationally, but as a society. Um, and the relationships, I mean, you'll hear that from probably every teacher, like you just have to have those foundational relationships with these kids, um, yeah, especially in middle school, when they got to trust you, they got to they believe, but they also got to know that you're going to toe the line and you have high expectations of them, right. so. Um, yeah, so, so it really, I think foundationally for me, it starts there. Um, every day when I'm, when I'm planning, there's a, a few things that, that go through my mind. The first is, you know, here, here's the end. Here's where I want them to get. And obviously the, the common core standards are a huge part of that. And I actually like the common core standards. I, I think they're like reading behaviors as an English teacher that I want all students to, you know, be able to do no matter what they're reading. Um, and the other piece is, is like, so here's the end of mine. What are the set of experiences that these students need to have in order to fill in the blank? Yeah. Um, and the other piece too is that idea of rigor and like, you know, what is the thinking work I'm asking them to do? Yeah. You know, if they can Google it, it's like you've said, like this is just yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah. um, um, so, so those are two big guiding questions that I have. Um, you know, and I think I wrote in one of my blog entries that you forced us to do. No, actually, that was, that was uh, enlightening. That was really, that was a great experience for me. But what in my blog, the importance of mission, like it really helped me to just kind of sit back and, and clarify 
Like, I feel like my job in the classroom, a part of it, is, is to teach students to read critically, write consciously, speak clearly, and tell their truth. Yeah. You know, those, those are the big, yeah, yeah, those are the big, and that's from Clint Smith. Um, I, I got that from a video that he watched, and it just totally resonated for me, stole it from him. It's awesome. So, yeah. And, yeah, uh, so that's, that's the truth. Yeah, I will, I, will, I will definitely link to that specific blog post. So I'll put your blog in the show notes as well because so, people need to go read all the amazing stuff that you've been doing. But that blog post, I think, was, it was very profound. I think for you, I love the way that you wrote it. But the thing yeah. that I loved is as a cohort, everybody wrapped around that. You know, yeah. everybody yeah. their own comments and they went and thought about what is their mission statement. I mean, that was, that was, yeah. so, that was very, very cool moment, you know, and, and this yeah. moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, this is working. You know, they are, they're yeah. deeply and they're coming up with these things. And so uh, you were very much the crux yeah. of that. So I appreciate that uh, and all the thinking. Talk about your blogging experience. Um, you know, you said you're very appreciative for it. And I, and uh, you just even feedback for me about the process or why, why is it, do you think, and this is a question that I love to ask people because I don't even know. I mean, I've been blogging for yeah. 15 years now. Why <laughs> is blogging different than just reflecting on your day-to-day practice? Like what is it about blogging that makes it like people are like, Oh, those blog posts I had to write. And then after you're done, you're like, Oh, that was a really good kind of mm. like brain meld, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I don't know, honestly, like, cause I'm, a, I'm, I consider myself a reflective teacher. Like, you know, I can always be better in every aspect. I'm probably my own worst critic and yeah. you know, none of the blogs that I threw out there, I'm like, Oh gosh, I want to change this. I want to change that. And, and I can. Um, but what I think for me, it was, it was more about me and, and getting over fears, like making my personal teaching life public, you know, and, and when you're making things public, you know, you take greater care. you you try to be more thoughtful, um, and so that was really the biggest thing for me because I feel like in education, we can be so private, yeah. you know, um, doors can be so closed and, yeah. and, uh, I, I think that that is just one way into my classroom and it's yeah. one way for me to share my classroom with everyone. And, and it, it did feel empowering and I do I have tons of things. I have like a bunch of drafts that are started yeah. that I really just haven't done because in the springtime things get a little bit crazy and, yeah. um, but yeah, so no, that, and then honestly, like through that experience, it really, made me feel like, okay, like if my students in my classroom are only writing for their teacher or for a test maker, what is the point? So here comes, what the is the point? And right? here comes so, the- so here comes the relevance. Yeah. And, and you know what I'm doing this blogging thing and I, I need feel like I need to do whatever they're doing. And, and so we ended up having them blog this too, which is a, a fun experience. Yeah. Too. So talk a little bit about that. Cause I think that was fantastic that you took on this, you know, you were blogging. And so you're like, you know what, my eighth graders can blog too. So with the blogging piece, you know, students aren't writing enough. I felt like weren't writing enough in my class. Um, they were not engaged in some of the work in some of the writing that we were doing. Um, and I want to, they all have voices, like speak their truth is one of the, a part of my mission statement, a part of what I believe my mission is as a teacher um, and also to write consciously. Um, and so this was an avenue where they could speak their truth. Um, and the very first blog assignment was just totally free choice. Um, and so this was one of my takeaways and we had talked about that. It's just, you know, you gotta have some, some freedom here. Um, and so with that freedom, this is kind of getting to some of my learning is, uh, students blogged about a variety of things. You know, I kind of have these categories of students. You had your memers who were blogging about memes. You had yeah. students who were blogging about, you have your world changers, right? Yeah. These kids who just want to change the world. 
you have the kids who are doing it so they don't get fined. You have, yeah. uh, you just have a variety of, of students. Um, and then the, the kids who want to change the world were the ones who surprised me the most hmm. because they were starting to talk about, you know, some pretty polarizing issues that were going on in the world at the time. And, and the wall yeah. came up right away. Yeah. So there were, there were about three or four students who just boom, immediately started blogging about that both on opposite ends of the spectrum. Wow. Uh, and, and the biggest, this is probably my favorite part of my school year this year was, um, they, they blogged about it and just like any kid, just like any adult, like I told them, these are the do's and don'ts, you know, we do this, we don't do this, but until they experience it for themselves, they don't have that other side of the Velcro to stick it to. Right. So I had told them, Hey, our blog needs to be in here. Uh, do not comment on anyone's blog. As soon as students start posting these blogs, the next thing you know, it is just a wildfire of comments. <laughs> and so uh, it was awesome uh, and awesome in a horrible and wonderful way. And, and all of a sudden we have um, these two girls and it's not like they were the girls. That, these were like literally the ASB president at my school okay. um, and another leader at our school went head to head over the wall. And instead of talking you know, kindly to one another. They started swinging mud, calling one another ignorant and unintelligent. And, um, and I, and I think I had mentioned this to you and, and then I, and I actually talked to you and like, okay, what do we do? Yeah. Um, and the question, and the question that, that, uh, I will always bring with me and it doesn't just apply to blogging is how, how do we add value through our comments? Yeah. Right. And so, and so I talked to the two girls, um, they both wrote public apologies actually on the blogs Wow. to one another. Uh, I asked if I could use their, their blog uh, comments as examples in all my classes. So they said, yes, absolutely. Pulled that up, showed the classes, and, and we just had a good conversation about, hey, you know, we see this in the world, and, and how can you guys be better than the world? Yeah, I love right? That. How can we be better than the adults on Twitter? How can we be better than the adults on Facebook pages? How can we, how can we be better? Um, and so we took that question, because um, I said for the rest of this, this is my biggest fear in these blogs is that people are going to start just demeaning one another and people are going to start causing drama, um, sparking fires. Yeah. And, and so we caught it early. It happened early, which, and this is teaching gold, right? And so right. we threw the question on the chart, on the chart paper. Um, and I said, Hey, so from here on out, how can we, and I went and did this with each class, how can we add value to one another's blogs? Yeah. They came up with amazing things. They had six or seven things. Uh, and for the rest of the year, they elevated their comments. I was, it was more fun to read the comments because there was a level. Yeah, I mean, there was honestly, there was a level of accountability that started to occur and conversations that started to happen um, that I don't think would have happened had they not failed. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. So it was really, I mean, it was really, it was, it was amazing. And what I love about that is it's a true learning opportunity. You know, so often we think, I mean, exactly what you, you know, what you described yeah. is a quote unquote digital citizenship lesson that you're supposed to cover in a 30 minute, you know, it's one of the common sense media 30 minute sessions that never, <laughs> yes. because I love your idea. I love your idea. It, there's, the other side of the Velcro is not there. So you can tell kids be nice online, but until you're in it, yes. I mean, truly in it and you see it yes. happening and kids understand how they went from we're just writing about things we love about to slinging mud instantly. Yeah. It happens so yeah. fast. Yep. To be able to give them that experience in eighth grade and learn how 
to grow and use their voices publicly online, I think is a powerful, uh, powerful learning. If nothing else comes of the blogs, just that learning alone. It's just so cool because it's such a learning opportunity that I, that, I mean, I, I think I've said this before is I want those yeah. kids to have that experience in middle school, that idea yeah. of yeah. you can mess yeah. up here, we can correct it. There's still time, mm -hmm. you know, mess yeah. up now. You've yeah. got a caring, loving adult who's going to help you understand how to add yeah. relevance to the world in a positive way. You know, yes, that, that is so, that is so, so powerful. Those, any opportunity like that. And, uh, I love it. Cause I, I, and I, you know, commend you because there are so many teachers where as soon as that would have happened, would have just mm -hmm. been like, see, I told you this stuff wouldn't work. <laughs> I told you they're not mature enough and would have just yeah. shut down that. And you've now lost relevance and you've lost trust, yep. right? Exactly. With, yep. with the, especially with teenagers, you know, with seventh, eighth grade, yeah. trying to figure it all out for themselves anyway. Yep. Yeah. They want to be little adults. They want to be treated like adults, but they're not ready. So they need, they need to fail in a safe environment. Like yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That, yeah. what a better place than school, right? To have that. Yes. Uh, talk yep. a little bit too about your, and this is one of my favorite. I share this everywhere I go now, but yeah, you did this awesome, again, going back to your idea of relevance, right? You did this mm -hmm. amazing project um, where I think it was seventh grade. If I remember. Oh, eighth right. grade. It was eighth grade. Eighth, eighth grade. grade. Yep. Uh, where you yep. had them write text messages to their parents and trying to do <laughs> some talk about that because it is, it's, it's, I love it. So. Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, you like to use the world and you got you guys to make it relevant. So there was an article, I'm sure people have probably seen it, you know, floating around. I think it came out a year or two ago, but it's guy asks his professor for help on like how to get a girl, advice on how to get a girl and it works. And so uh, we took that article and the article is all centered around the idea of ethos, pathos and logos, which are the three persuasive appeals. And we're just getting ready to start our argument unit. Um, and so these students, um, I'm like, well, what the heck, let's bring this article in. Um, and let's ha help them understand a really challenging concept for an eighth grader um, by making it relevant, by literally letting them use their phones, crafting a text message to their parents. And if they didn't have a phone, emailing somebody, you know, who they, you know, wanted something to change or wanted something from whatever. Um, yeah. And so they went off and they, they brainstormed and they sent texts in class that day. They gave me screenshots and the response from the parents. Um, and yeah, it, it was a blast. It, it was a lot of fun. And you know, the buzz was in the room and it was, it was a good time. Yeah. And, and some of the kids like persuaded their parents to get them. Like somebody ended up getting a pony. A, a donkey, a miniature a donkey. donkey. <laughs> yeah. A, a miniature donkey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I mean, it works. <laughs> Yeah, it does really work. It, and yeah, there's kids trying to get a snake, but then they wouldn't, didn't want to keep it in the terrarium because it would keep the mice away because of the smell. And like, it was fascinating, like just to hear everything that they, uh, they were coming up with. But, I mean, people were getting video game consoles. Yeah. Like, so what the heck? Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. Again, yeah. you know, that idea of relevance and persuasiveness, you know, to be able to show kids like, not only does this stuff work, you know, yeah. but here, here's a medium that you text all the time and it works in that medium too. You know, yeah. it works in yeah. space, it works in an email, it works in text messages. And one of the big things there is like they finally for the first time through a text message understood the idea of audience and purpose. Yeah. Right. It's like when I'm texting my mom, I can't scream at them on my text all the time. Right. I can't be snippy with them on the text. Oh, wait, if I use this. They're going to listen to me and hear me. Holy smokes. What a, what a yeah. concept. So audience and purpose. Like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, I just love it. I love everything you're doing in your classroom. And again, we're going to link to your blog. I will, I'm going to link specifically to your mission blog post. That'll be a separate yeah. link 
And then I want to also link directly to your, cause I made you guys do a vlog. And so your text messaging one was actually <laughs> a video, which is great because yeah. uh, ev- everybody else can go and watch the video. Cause you actually post some of the screenshots from kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 from parents. Uh, yeah. just, uh, I, I was watching it and I was busting up laughing and my wife is going, what are, you, what are you watching? I was like, you've got to come watch this. This is like one of the best assignments I've seen in such a long time. And the parents were just fantastic. Oh yeah. yeah it was good. Talk yeah, about, I love the ones. Like, yeah. Go ahead. Talk a little bit about, um, one-to-one in your classroom. How has one-to-one kind of changed your classroom? Again, you know, you were one of those first teachers in Enumclaw, you had the dedicated cart, and now you are full one-to-one. Um, how, is that, how has that changed, added, made you have to think differently about your teaching strategies or the way that you approach things, seeing that every kid now has, has a device? Yeah, it's, it's, it's... They've got the phone, too, that you're utilizing, right? Right, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's added. Like, that's where... And I keep coming back to that idea of mission. Like, I have a very... This is my 16th year in here, this is, I have a very clear idea of what I feel like my job is. And, um, it's really added, I think to my, to my instruction, it's made it easier to give students feedback. I'm working smarter, not harder, just, you know, having Google classroom and Google docs and just being able to look in and consistently yeah. giving feedback and students able to consistently have access to me. Yeah. That has been, yeah, I mean, that's been amazing. Um, the other piece too is, you know, uh, as someone who, you know, teaches, students to read critically, you know, we're not, I'm not bound by a textbook. I'm not bound by the four walls of my classroom. And so, you know, it's more important now than ever to teach students to read the world critically and to understand when you're searching online, like you have to understand the the forms and the features of the different things that you are looking through, right? You have to teach them to read that genre. Um, And so, I mean, really like just, just so that they can, you know, be, better citizens so, yeah. so that they can be critical consumers of, of just all the stuff that's constantly, you know, the barrage with every single day. And I mean, that's, those are the two things that I would say are huge. And, and it's that pre- preparation for reality, you know? And, um, you know and, yeah. and that's one of the things I love about even, you know, having kids blog is that blogging is prevalent everywhere and understanding yeah. that to your point, you know, understanding to read critically that when you're reading blogs online, you're reading somebody's opinion. It's not fact. It's somebody's yeah. opinion or somebody's take on facts, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and having kids actually blog, they probably all read blogs before, but to, yeah. under, to actually blog yourself and say, oh, this is what those people are doing too. You know, when we talk about yeah. reading critically, we have to make sure that we're, I, I believe we have to expose kids to the critical things, whether it's reading a text message, critically reading mm-hmm. email, you know, mm-hmm. understanding the difference between, you know, whether it's CNN or Fox news or BBC and a blog right? Like those are critical different ways that you have to read different information coming at you. And it's not critically reading nonfiction and fiction. No, exactly. Nonfiction, you know, (laughs) streams coming at you now that we have to break. I, I, I love the idea of breaking those down and saying, Mm -hmm. how how do you critically read this? How do you know that's an opinion? You know, how do you know Mm -hmm. what is the the science coming from, from, you know, this Mm -hmm. source or whatever it is. So I I love it. Yeah. I mean, because kids come to us very genre poor, like when they're on a search page, like they don't know how to read the search page. They don't know all these things and and they, you know, they're confronted with blogs. Oh, that's not fact. Like they really are genre poor. So if they know the features of each one of those, like it'll just make them, you know, better consumers of the world. Genre poor. Oh, genre poor. I love that. (laughs) I've never heard that before and I'm stealing it. That's awesome. (laughs) 
Yeah, that, that was so when I was an instructional coach, like back in Southern California, that was uh, something we talked about. Like kids are genre poor right now. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. Really cool. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you for taking time uh, to chat with me today. I really appreciate yep. it. Uh, we'll make sure that there are links to your blog and all of these different blog posts and, and things that we've talked about. Uh, do you have a Twitter account? Yeah, I do. It's uh, it's horrible. It's like Mr. Blair or something. Hold on, I can find it real quick. That's I don't even know I'll what it is. It. I'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. As well. Okay. People can tweet you uh, if they want to get yeah. hold of you and learn more, or connect with you, and connect classrooms. If if there's yeah. great English teachers out there blogging, I think that'd be a fantastic way. You know, as you start cool. thinking out next year. But uh, thank you for taking time with me, my friend. Really appreciate yep. it. Hey, great it was a pleasure, Jeff. And keep sharing. Yep. Hey, keep sharing the amazing stuff you're doing. Awesome. Hey, thank you. Yeah. Talk to you later, bud. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.